Good afternoon, Dr. Gary here, Dr. Gary on the road. We are dental practice brokers nationwide. So anyway, uh, today's topic is going to be what factors come into play for a seller of a large practice deciding whether he should sell to a DSO or a large group. We'll get into that. Anyway, so we're now in 26 states. We're dental practice brokers in 26 states. We just started in, in Texas. I think Ohio is going to be next. But right now it's 26 states. We have 10 employees who are doing this for 12 years now. We're excited. We continue to grow. We're working every day except Christmas and Easter. And you can reach us from East Coast time, approximately 7.30 a.m. East Coast to 9.30 p.m. every single day. Just take off Christmas and Easter. That's it. All the information you're about to hear is for entertainment purposes only. It is not business or legal advice. Um, you can reach us at dentalpracticeguide.com is our website, or it's 201-663-0935. So reach out. You have a question, especially if you want to sell to a DSO. We do sell to several, bring them into play, and we have our choice. We don't have any favorite DSOs, but they often will pay our commission. And time, at times, we can get your full reimbursement of your legal fees, uh, depending on certain criteria. So uh, we could be there for you. But if you have a small practice too, give us a call. Be happy to chat with you. Anyway, so let's get into today's topic. If you're a larger practice and you're deciding, is it a, should you sell to a DSO or should you sell to just a large group? There's advantages and disadvantages to each. We are seeing some trending. There is some trending right now going towards selling to a larger group rather than a DSO. Now, generally, when you send to a larger group, I'm talking about a group practice, maybe they own five practices or something like that. Most likely, you will not get as much money uh, as you would with a D selling to a DSO. However, there's less restrictions. Usually, a large group will not require you to give them at closing, at no cost, your uh, accounts receivable, usually. Usually with the large group, they will not hold back money 20, 25% and then pay you based on your EBITDA being flatlined at least. Um, they generally don't do that. However, their sale price, what they offer you is probably gonna be less than a, a large DSO will offer you. So you've gotta balance the two where you're comfortable with. There seems to be some trending towards going to the large groups rather than the DSOs. We're seeing some of this trending. Uh, they just feel more comfortable because they feel, the seller does, because they feel the identity of the practice is maintained a little better. On the other hand, I feel there's some great DSOs out there that can weather the storm, can been been around for 20 years, went through the 2008 recession, depression, if you want to call it, went through the pandemic and are just doing fine. They have the financial resources and it's the same management team. So, you know, I'm a firm believer in some of the right DSOs, not every DSOs. There are some DSOs that are here to simply build up their portfolio. They are selling and they're going to the Caribbean. They're gone. There's no culture. There's no feeling. They'll sell you a good game, but they are building up their EBITDA, building up the number of practices. They already know who they're going to be selling to most likely, and they're gone. 
So I try to stay away from them. I try to stay with the lo the, the longtime players that have been around for 20 years, and uh, it, it seems to work out well. But this decision that you have to make, you've got to get all the factors. What are they, you know, what do they want to do with accounts receivable? How long do they expect you to stay on? How much are you getting for, as far as a down payment, uh, cash at closing? And what are the factors to release that extra 20, 25% over the next three to five years? There are some DSOs wanting to stay down five years or else they won't, uh, they won't buy. Five years is a long time if you're thinking about a retirement. So, but they have alternatives for you to get out of that too. Uh, it all comes down to the contract and the contract has to be read by a dental attorney. Please use a dental attorney. Some of the attorneys are national and they're excellent. They're just fantastic. Uh, they can help you in any state. They've been through these uh, uh, these contracts multiple, multiple, multiple times. So um, if you want to um, uh, review the contracts, make sure that goes to a dental attorney. And that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to your analysis of the contract or the letter of intent more so to start with but also your feelings, your general feelings. If you've spoken to other dentists that have worked with this DSO or this group, um, it depends. And then what's some of the DSOs have a really strong financial uh, structure to them. However, if they are with a backed by a private equity group, you gotta figure out who that private equity group, what other businesses are they involved with? Will they be affected? I think there's going to be a recession depression. Will that DSO be drawn down, be affected by the other members of their uh, of their uh, private equity group? That is, their other businesses. Um, so you've got to really analyze that. And then what are they like going to closing? That's where we come in, and that's also where your uh, uh, your dental attorneys come in that know on a national basis what are they like to deal with. You know, I feel that we and the dental attorneys are on the front line. We know what they're like to negotiate with. There's one group right now, they're just so difficult to deal with. The picture they paint through the salespeople compared to the compared to their letter of intent, two completely different things. We just had a doctor complaining about that. You can't do that. You can't change up things last minute. If you say you're not going to brand the office, well, you should really kind of stick to that rather than saying in a letter of intent, we are branding to the office. That has come in with a new name. So uh, you've got to just be aware of that. You've got to work with these companies and see who you're familiar with. But I do see a trending towards uh, selling to some of the larger groups. They'll get less money, but then they don't have to stay on as long, if at all. And they just feel more comfortable. Um, but you've got to interact. You've got to get letters of intent. Um, you've got to speak to the attorney, speak to us so you know what it is. As I've told you many, many times, I'm doing this for 12 years. I think I know who most of the DSOs are because I'm in the trenches negotiating with them. So I know what their people are like. Uh, but, you know, we're growing and we're finding out things about these companies when we negotiate that the real story is. And one company may change uh, from what they did last year to this year. That is their philosophy, their financials, their management. It could change. You've got to keep up with these changes. So that's kind of what we're talking about uh, in this DSO. Call us if you want an explanation about this. There's no obligation. Call us if you want a rough estimate of what your practice is worth. Um, selling to a DSO, selling to a private. We'll give you some inside information. We do feel we're at the, we've been told we're at the front lines. 
uh, we feel like we're the cop on the beat in the streets to give you this information. This is what we do 24-7 every day. So uh, we're here to help you. And we enjoy what we're doing. All right. Looking forward to springtime in New Jersey. I can't wait, but I think we're going out to Texas next. And then we're going to uh, Reno, Nevada area. That will be next. And we're trying to also open up Ohio. We'll keep you posted about that. All right. Great seeing you guys again. Goodbye.